Section 34 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Madeline Pauline. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 8. The Cod Family by John Bickerdyke The large and important cod family belongs to the order of spineless fishes and the group in which both sides of the head are symmetrical. The common cod, the whiting, the haddock, the pollock, the coalfish, the hake, the ling, and the little rocklings all belong to this important family, which has one representative in fresh water, the burbot, or eel pout, found in various rivers in central and northern europe and north america perhaps the most remarkable member of the cod family is the chiasmidus which has huge jaws lined with large pointed teeth and a distensible stomach and abdomen during the challenger expedition a specimen was taken one thousand five hundred fathoms down in the north atlantic it had swallowed another fish a kind of scopolis more than twice its own size. The stomach of the chiasmidus had swelled to an enormous extent and had become so thin from distension that the fish inside could be clearly seen through its walls. The scopolis, it is interesting to mention, is a fish brought up sometimes by the dredge from 2,500 fathoms. It occasionally comes to the surface at night and has phosphorescent spots along its sides giving out a dim light, which has its uses in the dark depths of the sea. To come back to the head of the family, the cod is a fairly plentiful fish all around the British and Irish coasts, but appears to be decreasing in some waters as time goes on, owing to the overtrawling of the North Sea. Off the coasts of Norway, in the neighborhood of the Lofoden Islands, the cod are sometimes so thickly packed in shoals that as the fishermen lower their tackle, they can feel the leads hitting the backs of the fishes. Both there and off the Faroe Islands and Iceland, it is common practice to fish with a hook bearing a little piece of polished lead on its shank, no other bait being required, owing to the cod being so numerous that food is scarce. Among the commencement of the 15th century, the English began to go to Iceland for cod, and since the 16th century, English cod-fishing vessels have visited Newfoundland and other far northern waters, which produce fish superior to English cod. It should be mentioned that the cod family is not found to any extent in tropical seas. While the burbot is one of the few species of the group inhabiting fresh water, and is peculiar in living there permanently, there are instances recorded of Pollock having ascended from the salt water of the Norwegian fjords into freshwater lakes, and it is an undoubted fact that many other species of sea fish can accustom themselves to a residence in fresh water. All through the year, cod frequent the British coasts, but it is two or three months before the spawning season, which commences in January or later according to the locality that they gather in vast shoals and come close inshore. First come the small codling of a pound or so, and as the winter approaches, the longshore fish are found gradually to increase in size, 
until, by Christmas time, it is no uncommon thing on the east coast of England and Scotland for fish of from ten to twenty pounds to be caught from the beach. As a rule, the eggs of cod float, owing to a little globule of oil which each one contains, but in water which lacks salinity they sink. The quantities of eggs shed by each fish are enormous. Nearly two millions were counted in a cod of a little under twelve pounds. It is fairly certain, however, that not more than two or three, if so many, mature fish are the product of the two million eggs. For if each fish even doubled itself in numbers, if we may use the expression, every year, the sea would soon contain more fish than water. Millions upon millions of eggs are destroyed when there is an onshore wind during the spawning season. Sometimes the shore on which they have been wafted has been seen to glisten with them. By the end of summer, such of the young codfish as have escaped their many dangers attain about one inch in length. They are very varied in color, which depends on that of the seaweed and their other surroundings. The parent fish, too, vary somewhat in appearance. Those round the English coast, as a rule, having brown backs with irregular spotty markings on the sides, while those from more northern waters usually have darker backs and are less often spotted. Cod are enormous feeders, and in consequence grow very rapidly. At the Southport Aquarium, codling of only three-quarters of a pound increased in weight to six or seven pounds in about sixteen months. So voracious is the cod that it is very apt to swallow anything it sees moving, without considering whether it is wholesome. In 1879, a black guillemot in perfect condition was removed from the stomach of one of these fish, while among other strange finds by cod fishermen from the same receptacle was a piece of tallow candle seven inches long, a hare, a partridge, a white turnip, and going back to the year 1626, a work in three triestuses, which was found in the stomach of a fish captured in Lynn Deeps on Midsummer Eve and brought to the vice-chancellor of Cambridge. The usual food of cod is, however, small fish of various kinds, herrings, pilchards, sprats, crabs, and sea worms. But the species is not particular what it seizes when shoaling before the spawning season, and food is scarce owing to the number of mouths. End of section 34. Recording by Madeline Pauline.